0: Hello and welcome to Day 3 Live, the live broadcast of Sunday morning service at Day 3 Church in Granite Falls, North Carolina. You can learn more about our ministry at day3church.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash d3church. We're glad you chose to listen today. We believe that God is waiting to speak to you. If you have any questions about today's message, please contact us. We're here to help. Now sit back and join us for the next few minutes. It's Day 3 Live, and it starts right now.
1: It's a pleasure to be with you guys at Day 3 this morning. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to to come and be a part of uh, your worship uh, this morning. My name's Mike Pittman. I am the uh, church planning team leader for North Carolina Baptist and um, friend of Pastor Lynn's and uh, just let me, let me tell you a little bit about myself and, and uh, my family and kind of what I do and we'll jump right into 2 uh, Timothy chapter one is where we're going to hang out today if you have your Bibles but um, my wife Keena's with me here today and on the 16th Keena and I will have been married for 31 years and, uh, and yeah that's right come on you believe that pretty woman would stay married to me for 31 years that's all I got to say that's our family uh Madison uh is our daughter she's 24 lives in Charlotte Matthew's our son he's 20 and he still lives at home we hope not for long right and uh he graduated no we're kidding kind of right kind of kidding but he's he uh graduates this week and uh just excited about what the Lord is doing with them. So this is our latest picture. That was Thanksgiving. So so um, it was great to have everybody in the house together again. Um, I'm a church planner. Uh, we had the privilege in uh, 2010. Uh, I'm the founding pastor of Vertical Church, uh, which started in Lumberton. And um, we're from southeastern North Carolina and uh, Vertical Church became one, was one church that became three different locations over the last 10 years. Uh, church planning was was a dream that was that spiritual nudge that just wouldn't go away. Like, like there were so many things that were keeping me from stepping out in faith, but by 2009, after after a number of years of wondering, you know, would we or could we, uh, four friends of mine, we began praying on a bi-weekly basis. Uh, just calling out to God. God is this you, and God called us to start Vertical Church, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that uh, as the message goes on. Uh, the one thing I will say is, I never dreamt that I would leave Vertical Church to go to work for North Carolina Baptist. That was one of those things that that uh, I, I really felt like I would uh, retire someday as the pastor of Vertical Church. And, uh, but when God comes knocking, uh, what do you do, right? And I had the privilege last year of uh, becoming the, the church planning team leader for our Baptist State Convention. I lead this awesome group of catalysts and consultants all over the state from the mountains to the coast of which your pastor, Pastor Lynn, over here on the left-hand side. uh, Pastor Lynn is one of our catalysts that's on our team, so we're really grateful for the work of church planning that he is doing through you and in you and has done around you. And, man, look forward to what God is doing. And also... We're excited that we have some of our church planters that are in the room. we got the sepal family that are here and the triplet family back there in the back. And both of them, we want to pray for them, right? Because both of them are in the process of the planting of their new church. Let's give God a great big amen and clap. Yeah. And we're excited about what the Lord is going to do through all of them. So, um... To our message today, a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Lynn shared with me about the series that you guys were beginning, where he was talking to you about trust and what it means to trust our awesome God in the midst of uncertain moments. And if there's ever been an uncertain moment in our life, 2020 is that. Can I get amen, right? I mean, I'm telling you, uh, you know, who would have ever thought when we were going into 2020, Um, in January, if we would have talked about it, who would have ever thought that we would celebrate a church that would be averaging 50 to 60% of their uh, 2019 attendance? Like if you are averaging 60% at this point in 2020, you are killing it. I mean, knocking it out of the park. Who would have ever thought that we would be in this position and that our world would be in the place that it is? Who would have ever thought that back in March when we went home, for a couple of weeks, that nine months later, we would still be in, in this position. And, and you know, it, it's, you know, what a beautiful time for us to talk about trust and the one in whom we want to trust in and, and what that's all about. And as I was praying, uh, Pastor Lynn didn't tell me what to preach about. He just said, hey, here's where we are. And Whenever I come into a church kind of in the midst of a series that they're doing, I like to kind of fit in to, to where they're at. And man, as I was looking through all the messages that you guys are going to be hearing over the next couple of months, one word just popped up over and over and over again. And it's probably part of it is because you need to hear it. And part of it is because it's been one that has been so important to me in, in my own spiritual walk. And it's this one word, the word fear, the word fear. And, uh, Guys, as a young believer, and by the way, I, I didn't become a Christian until I was 27 years old. So I didn't grow up in a, a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. I, I had never heard this verse before. I will never forget the first time that I came across the verse that will be our root, our root scripture today, 2 Timothy 1.7. I was in my bedroom. I was reading the Word of God. I was on my stomach, Kena. I was, I was laying on my stomach reading God's Word. And I was reading, uh, you know, day by day through the New Testament uh, as a new believer. God was rocking my world. And I'll never forget reading this passage of Scripture and, and how it impacted me that day. Here's what it says. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And, you know, in that moment, how many? by the way, how many of you already know this verse? You've heard this verse. You've heard preachers talk about it and everything else. Yeah, About, you know, over half the room, you guys are familiar with this passage of Scripture. Well, you have to understand, as a 27-year-old new believer, I've never read this verse of Scripture before. And I read that, and I'll never forget. The Holy Spirit spoke to my heart in that moment, and he said, you need to memorize that. You need to memorize that. That's the name of my message today. You need to memorize that. And I'll tell you why uh, as the message goes on here today. Here's the thing that I want you to hear so many people struggle in the area of fear. People struggle with fear. We don't want to be fearful. We don't want to be anxious in life, but we find ourselves struggling in in fear. And and to be honest with you, most of the time, the things that we fear are things that we don't even have control over. We fear things of what could be, uh, what what would happen, what can happen, and all of these things that at the end of the day, we don't even, our, our fear of them and the anxiety that we feel has nothing to do with the outcome of that thing. That we're anxious about. As a matter of fact, the scripture says uh, in the book of Proverbs, the writer of Proverbs tells us in Proverbs 12:25, this is what he says about anxiety and spe- and fear. He says, "Anxiety in a man's heart." What does it say it does? It says, "Anxiety in a man's heart. Say it out loud with me. weighs him, Weighs him down." How many of you can relate to that, right? I mean, the spirit of anxiety, a spirit of heaviness that comes over you. That just, I mean, you don't want it, you don't like it, but it's just there. And it says anxiety in a man's heart. It weighs him down. But look at what what the answer is. It says, but a good word, what does it do? A good word makes him what? How many of you need a good word here this morning? Amen. Man, that's why I'm here. God has sent me to day three church today to bring to you what I believe is a good and a helpful word as we're learning together how to trust the Lord, right? How to trust God where he's at in all things. So so we're going to focus on the fear factor here today. Before we do that, let's go to the Lord in prayer, man. Let's, Let's make sure we're in tune with him. Okay, let's pray together. God, Thank you for the privilege that I've had to be able to gather with this church. Lord, for this third time, as we gather here together, um, three beautiful services where we have lifted our voices to you. God, we have praised you. We have prayed to you. God, we have opened up the word of God. And I believe, Lord, that you have done a great work here today. I know that people's lives have have been impacted, that people have been encouraged by the conversations and the prayers that I have shared after services were over. And, and Lord, as, as we come to this final teaching of, of the Word of God this morning, um, I pray for, for, first of all, I want to pray for that, that you would um, just help me, Lord, that I would decrease, because they don't, they don't need to hear from me here today, God, that I would decrease, that the Spirit of Jesus would increase in this place. Oh God, that you would speak through me here today. And Lord, I pray for each of the hearers that are here today. Lord, that you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit says unto the church. God, that our heart would be open to you. God, that it would be soft and that the word of God would be planted like a seed into our heart something that would grow, that it would blossom, that it would share a harvest and that, that many, many years from this morning that there will be people who are here today that the word of God begin, be, continues to harvest the word that you'll give to them here today. This only happens because of you, because of who you are, because the beauty of your word. And God, we're grateful for the Holy Spirit who lives within us and teaches us here today. Jesus, be glorified in this place. It's in your name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Here we go. So, so you know, I, as we look at this today, man, I, I just, you know, I recognize that so many of us are, are dealing with anxiety. We're dealing with anxiety and, and fear, and especially in this time in our life. And I want to kind of see who all the anxious, fearful people are in the room. So I'm going to ask you to do something that maybe you're not comfortable doing. I'm going to ask some questions. And if I'm describing you, lift your hand up. And I'm just going to tell you, you might as well do it because you're not going to be the only person who struggles with this. We've seen all over the room in all of our services, at least 60 to 70 percent of the people who have already attended day three today would find themselves in many of these categories here. So let's just do this together. Help me out. Here's, here's question number one. Are you rattled when things don't go as expected? If that's you, will you just raise your hand when when you're rattled? Look around, I want you to see. No, keep them up, look. It's nothing to be embarrassed of, right? I want you to see that. So I mean, like most of us that are here, here's, here's a second one. Do you often worry about things that are beyond your control? How many of you worry about things that are beyond your control, right? You're like, I mean, you find yourself like all the time, right? Here's another one. Do you lose sleep over pressing issues? How many of you struggle with losing sleep with your hands? Up? Yeah, yeah, you do. Some of you are like, sleep, what's that, right? And, uh, and uh, now, my wife, Keena, will tell you that I am not one of those that loses sleep, right? I literally, some of you fellas can relate to this. My head hits the pillow like I might not make it 90 seconds. I'm just telling you, like, that is not me right there. But, but some of these other ones aren't. Look at this third, this next one. Is it hard to turn off your mind. Any, oh, yeah, that's, a, that's the big one right there. I mean, you're like thinking through the stuff. You're having conversations with people. You ever have a like a, a straight-up argument about the argument that you're getting ready to have, right? So you're having a straight-up conversation. You're running scenarios. You've got all the stuff that's running in your head. How about this one? Does the unknown intimidate you? How many of you are intimidated by the things that you don't know? And You know, and the the last one we have here, do you often imagine the worst case scenarios? Yeah, a lot of us struggle with that one. I, you know, I was talking about like, like as a parent, like you're trying to get up with your kid, you know, I'm calling Matt or something like that. Can't get him on the phone and he's supposed to be home. He's in a ditch, you know, it's just like, he's, you know, he's, he's, you know, I don't know where he's at, right? And some of you, maybe you're like that as well, just all, all the time just imagining the worst case scenario of what it possibly could be. You know, and here's the thing. All of these scenarios that we're talking about here, what they do is they tend to make us fearful. They make us anxious. There's nothing that we've acknowledged here that fixes any of the issues that you guys are anxious or upset or fearful about. And we find ourselves struggling with these things. And, and at the end of the day, the reason that we're fearful is because we have a tendency not to, to trust, right, Pastor Lynn? We have a trust issue, and we find ourselves really struggling in those areas. We trust because we we have a, a we don't have the ability to control what it is that we're worried about, and and you know, and that's why so many of us, you know, we find ourselves upset. I, I got to tell you, the things that we find ourselves most upset about, most of the time, are things that we don't even have any control over, anyway. And, and us being worried about it, it does not fix it or anything like that. And, and, and so back to the passage of Scripture that we started with here today, this is, this is what we want to break down is, you know, it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, right? But one of power, what does he give us? Power. Instead, he gives us love. And instead, he gives us, what does it say? Instead, he gives us a... Sound mind, right? And that's what every sound, how many of you would love to leave here today with the power of the sound mind here? And you're gonna walk out, you're gonna be different. I believe that God can do that, wants to do that in all of our lives. And so that's what we, how do we experience God's power, love, and a sound mind? In the middle of anxiety and fear. Here's the first biblical thought that I want you to write down if you're taking notes. Number one is this, what do we do? How do we actually do this? The first thing I'm gonna challenge you to do is change the focus of your what if. Change the focus of your what if. Let me tell you what we're talking about when we're talking about the what if. We find ourselves worrying about the what if. What if I lose my job? Anybody, right? What what if, what if they sell the company? Here, here's a real one that where we're living in, a, a, a season we're living in. What if they lock down the state again? How will it impact our work, our jobs? How does it impact the church, right? What if? All of these what ifs, and, and you see, you know, they're, they're things that, that we struggle with. Or Let's talk personal. What, what if my spouse, not you, Keena, but what if my spouse isn't faithful, right? What if my kid really messes up? I mean, like, the big mess up that you can't fix with a conversation or a lawyer, what if, what if the doctor gives us a really bad report? What if, right? What do we do? I'm going to tell you today, we have to take our minds off the what ifs of fear. We have to quit looking at those things because every one of these what ifs I've given to you, they're worry-based. They're us worrying about things that at the end of the day, it doesn't do anything for you. Matter of fact, let me tell you something Jesus said in, in uh, Luke 21. And he actually gives this to us. He's talking about a time in the future where the, where, where the people of, of God will be challenged for their faith. And here's what he tells them. He says, but make up your mind not to worry. Make up your mind not to worry beforehand. Right? Not, he says, listen, make up your mind. Here's what I would say to you day three. Make up your mind now not to worry how you'll defend yourselves. And I know that the context of the scripture is he's talking about people are going to have to. But listen, what Jesus says in this passage isn't, I mean, it's, it's totally consistent with his teaching over and over again about worry to us. Matter of fact, if you look in the the New Testament, at least in the NIV version, I haven't done all of them, but I can tell you this. In the NIV, every single time you find the word worry, guess what two words come before it? Do not. (laughs) Every time. Challenge me on that. Every single time that you find the word worry, you'll find the words do not in front of them. And, and, you know, and that's what it is. Man, we got to quit focusing on the bad stuff we got to quit focusing on what, what happens if something bad were to happen, to be so negatively based. We were talking about skiing earlier, Jeff, and, and I mentioned extreme skiing. Anybody familiar with the sport of extreme skiing? Yeah, I, listen, it's stupid is what it is. It's the dumbest sport of all time. These guys, they go up on top of a mountain and they race to the bottom like straight down. I'm not talking slopes, guys. I'm talking trees and, and rocks and cliffs. So basically, the person who gets down first without dying is the winner, right? I mean, that's a that's a great sport, is it not? But I mean, you know, it, but this guy who's, who's an extreme skiing champion, his name's Kim Reichelman. And again, he's probably champion because he lived, right? But, but anyway, he, he, somebody asked him the question, uh, said, how, Kim, how is it that you don't run into trees? And I love the answer that he gave about this. How is it that I don't run into trees? He said this. He said, I don't look at the trees. I look at the spaces in between the trees, He doesn't look, because you know what? They're going so fast as chum, 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 chum. I mean, if he looks at the tree he's going to hit one. He doesn't, he's not looking for trees. He's looking for space for him to go through. Pastor Lynn says they teach the same thing to people when they're learning to ride their motorcycles. And they say, man, you don't focus when, when you're riding the bike, you're not focusing on objects. You're focusing on the way to get around the object and not to hit the object. And that's what it looks like. And you know, I'm sitting here, I'm thinking about how this applies to us and this whole worry thing and what if and all that. And I'm thinking, you know, here's what I need to do. I need to quit worrying about the, quit, looking at things that I'm worried about, and I need to start looking at the opposite of that. I need to look for the space, not look at the problem. Can I get amen, somebody? Right? I mean, that's what we're looking at as we're doing this. I don't look at the what-ifs of fear. Man, I've made up my mind beforehand, right, ahead of time, not to focus on the fear of the what-if. See, I through the years, I've found that there is another side of what if. It's not just what if the bad thing happens, but what i found through the years is that, is that there's also another what if that comes along with, you know, if I, you know, if I do this and something bad happens, this happens, but it's this. What if we don't? Not what if we do or what if something happens. What if we don't? What, what if we don't go through? And let me tell you what I'm, what I'm talking about with that. Told you I'm a church planner, and um, we started Vertical Church in, in 2010, but back in 2009, my friend Donnie Pascal and I were praying about starting this church. I'll be honest with y'all. We were scared. We were straight up scared. I mean, we, we had good lives. Um, we were pastors in established churches. We had lives. We had families. We had responsibilities. We had mortgages. Amen, Kina. And, and and how you know how are we going to do this in the midst of this thing? I mean, we had all of these things that Donnie and I would would talk about, but like like what if we start this church and and nobody comes, right? I mean, that's a real thing. Or or what if we can't find jobs? Man, I was having a hard time to find a job. I was already looking for a job when we were praying this prayer, and and man, it was like after working in a church for ten years as a pastor, like. People weren't interested in me and in, the, in the job field out there, and they didn't understand all of the things that I did as a pastor that actually would be helpful to their business if, if they would hire me, you know. Well, we can't get jobs. I'll tell you a big one. Don't tell anybody I told you this. What if it's not God? I was like, like what, what, if, it's, what if we want to start a church because we just want to start something? I'm kind of entrepreneurial, right? I'm not afraid to start things and do things. And, and what if it's not God? And and if it's not God, obviously God's not going to bless it if we go out to do. I mean, we had all these things, but you know, the biggest one was, what if we fail? What if we fail? See, the area where I come from, people people don't start churches on purpose. I mean, like, my whole life, I had never seen somebody, like, start a church because God had given them a dream, and, like, they had prayed about it. Like, the only reason that churches start where I'm from is because somebody's mad. Somebody got mad, and so we're going to go over here. We'll start our own church, right? And that's that's literally how churches, every church that I'd ever seen start where I was from. Yet, for years, we were just, I mean, Keena and I would talk about it. She thought it was crazy, to be honest, but but we would talk about starting this church, right? And And... And I, we just felt like God was calling us to start a church that would help people who don't like church meet Jesus. And how, how are we going to do that? What if we take this, this major chance and we fail? But then one day, Pastor Donnie and I were, were praying together. We had actually, it was the end of a three-day fast. I mean, like a total fast, water only. We weren't talking to each other. And at the end of this three days, we were going to come together and share what the Lord had spoke to us during this time. And it was amazing. We're, I'm like, we're opening up our journals and, and I'd be like, man, here's a passage of Scripture the Lord laid heavily on my heart. And he'd be like, oh my gosh, listen to this one. And it would be like saying the same thing from another place. And we were, we walked, we were walking out of this time just so encouraged that God was calling us to start this church. But we, but we were still scared. And what if we fail? And we had the idea but what if we don't do this? And I'm gonna tell you something. We like in that moment, the Lord spoke something to my heart. I know that's two times that I said that God spoke something to my heart. He doesn't do that all the time, but he did these two times. And and it was one of these things where where I just felt like, man, what if we don't do this? And I said to him, Man, I, I don't want to wake up in 15 years. And you and I are still friends, we're buddies. And we can't hardly stand to look at each other because the only thing that we could think was, I wonder what would have happened if we would have trusted God, if we would have taken this chance. I don't know if I, if I can bear going through that. You know, we decided then and there that day, you know what, we're going to do this. God's calling us, we're going to do this. And you know what? This, this is going to be big. Like, it's either going to be the biggest thing we've ever experienced or it's going to be the biggest failure in the world. But it's going to be big, amen, right? And we stepped out in faith, and, and I know you don't know my story, but I'll just tell you this. We, we did start that church, and within the first two years, we baptized over 200 people in the next two years. Man, God, yes, God, and not only that, but, but I told you Vertical was, was planted to be a church planting church. We started three churches in the next three years or in the next, yeah, it was three years. We started three churches in three years. And since that day, it's been 10 years since we started the church. Right now, Vertical is working on partnering with their 13th and their 14th church plant. You know what I mean? And, and all I can think of, man, what if we don't? the hundreds of people who have come to faith in Jesus and followed him in baptism because we said yes. The churches that not only that we started, but the churches that we've partnered with to help get started, man, it's, you know, what if we don't? And guys, that's a picture that you have to think about because at the end of the day, that's what God is up to, man. We can choose to do the wrong thing because we're afraid. What if we don't do this? And at the end of the day, we have to change the focus of our what if because if we don't change the focus of our what if, we'll find ourselves giving in to fear and worry and anxiety, man, and it just can't win. Listen, God doesn't give you a spirit of fear. That's not him. He gives us power in love and a sound mind. Let me, let me give you a couple of thoughts that come out of this. I mean, the first is this. Worry never changes anything for good. Amen? How many of you have figured out already that worry's kind of stupid, right? Just, right? It, it, it's really amazing that, that you know, we, we know that that is dumb and it doesn't change anything, yet we do it anyway, Right? But worry never changes anything for good. Notice I didn't say worry never changes anything because it does. Worry never changes anything, but it does change things. Worry will, will change your health. <laughs> Do you know that? Worry will mess up your health. Worry will change your relationship with God. Worry will affect your relationship with others. Worry will keep you from stepping through and doing that thing that God is calling you to do. Worry never changes anything for good. And that's the first thing I want you to see. But the second thing, I, I, I want you to remember what Jesus tells us in the Beatitudes as he's talking about worry in Matthew five twenty seven. He makes this statement. He says, which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life. Worry doesn't, doesn't add anything. We, it doesn't fix anything. It just makes things wor- worse, man. So we're talking about how do we you know, walk by the, in the power of God with the love of God that we might experience the joy of a sound mind and spirit. Here's the second thing I want you to see coming out of this, just a key thought from the scripture, is this. Fear is a tool that Satan uses to block God's plan for you. It is. Fear, Satan will use the tool of fear to shut you down. He will keep you from doing it. Listen, nobody knows it better than me, man. He uses fear to keep you from what God wants from you. For God has not given you a spirit of fear. Like whenever you see fear popping up in your life, that should be a billboard for that's not God. God is the opposite of whatever it is that you're afraid of in this moment. And that's how, that's how he lives this thing out in our life, man. I, I, let me explain it to you this way. How many of you remember the movie, The Wizard of Oz? Show of hands if, if, you've, if you know The Wizard of Oz. Who's the one in The Wizard of Oz that doesn't have a brain? He says, if I only had a brain. Which, who was it? Who, who remembers? Scarecrow. Scarecrow, that's right. Scarecrow. Scarecrow. Man, he just, he, he said, if I only had a brain, I could do something. You know, the thing about the scarecrow is, is the job that the scarecrow has. Think about it like this. Who uses scarecrows? Farmers use scarecrows. And what's, what's a scarecrow's job? To scare of the crows, right? Good job, right? This is a smart group here, Pastor Lynn. They get it, right? I mean, listen, they, the, the scarecrow's job. So when the farmer has some, some really good corn, He goes and he gets him a scarecrow and he puts that scarecrow out there in the middle of that field. And the crows, they're coming up and they see the corn, but then they see the scarecrow. They're like, whoo! I'm not gonna go down there. You know, the farmer's out there. But it's not the farmer at all. It's the scarecrow, right? And some of them might get smart and they start figuring out that that scarecrow isn't moving and they might go and check it out and everything. But let me ask you a question. What power does the scarecrow have over the crows? None. Well, maybe one. He has the power of fear. And so the crows, when they see that, they see that, that, that scarecrow down there, they say, oh, I better not go down there. That scarecrow's down there. That scarecrow can't do anything to them. And listen, and the thing is, is the scarecrow doesn't hold, any, doesn't hold the power of fear. The power of fear is actually in the crow, right? It's the crow who doesn't go down there. And man, that's how Satan does us, man. He uses the scarecrow's you know, in our life to keep us from doing what it is. Like, he's trying to keep us from the good corn. How about that, right? Like, if I was a birdie, if I was a birdie, I hope that I would be a smart birdie. I hope that I would start to recognize that the scarecrow is actually an advertisement for the best corn. Come on, somebody. When I see a scarecrow, I'm just gonna, like, there's where where the good corn is. Hey, guys, come on down here. Oh, don't worry about him. He can't do anything to us. He ain't moved in five days. I've been watching him, right? He's just going to stand there. And that's what the scare, and listen, some of us are given into the scarecrow of fear in our life and we, we keep from going forward and what, what, what it is that God would have us to do, you know? Listen, I found in my own life that whenever fear enters into my life, it's normally right before God's about to do something in my life like God is calling me to do something and fear rises up because Satan is sending a scarecrow to kind of, to keep me from pressing through. I found that if I will trust God and I'll press through that fear, on the other side of that fear is what we call breakthrough. How many of us need some breakthrough in our life here today? That's where God is. And and man, what it comes from is we have to make the faith-filled decision to trust God. And I'm not gonna give in to fear, but rather, I'm gonna trust God in the midst of whatever it is I'm going through. I told you guys earlier, the name of the message was you need to memorize that. Because when I came across 2 Timothy 1, 7 for the first time, Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. He said, you need to memorize that. I told you that, I'd tell you why. And the reason is, is is that my whole life, for some reason, I just feel like I've always been crippled by fear. Fear of taking the chance, fear of uh, making the ask, fear of going here, fear of doing that. And there are so many things that maybe I could have done in life that I didn't do because I was afraid. And, and you know, it's, it's just a fear of the, listen, it's fear of the what if. When I'm talking to you, I'm talking with you because I've been there. I know what it is that, that I've gone through in my own life. And listen, fear is a tool that Satan uses to block God's plan for us in our life. God knew that he was going to use me for, for big things, for great things, and that if I gave in the fear, I wouldn't be able to do the things that he was calling me to. Satan knew that I had a A tendency towards fear. So he was always sending fear my way to keep me from taking the steps that I need to take. So over and over again, whenever I find myself struggling with fear, man, I'm just trying to press through and trust God in those moments because I'm recognizing myself that fear is Satan's scarecrow to keep us from God's very best. So God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but instead, what does he give us? He gives us power. He gives us love, and lastly, he gives us what? You remember? Sound mind, right? And that's what we're looking at. How do we experience the the power and the love and the sound mind in the midst of anxiety and fear? The first biblical thought that I asked you to write down was that change, we need to change the focus of our what if. Here's a second one, I want you to get this. We have to choose to focus on God's promises, we choose to focus on God's promise. We're not going to focus on the trees. We're going to focus on the, on the space. We're not going to focus on the fear of the scarecrow. We're going to focus on the good corn, right? And, and we have to choose to focus on the promise of God. Now, you know, and just like Pastor Lynn is talking to you in this series, here's what Isaiah 26, 3 says. We see how to do that. It says, you will keep, talking about God, you will keep in perfect peace. And we all want perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you and God. It's God's promise to us, guys. Like, like he promised you this and he wants this for you. Like, like when he lo- he's like, man, I, I want you to have perfect peace. Like, like trust in me. And so we're gonna trust and focus on God. We're gonna keep our eyes upon Jesus as we sang earlier, right? We're going to look full on his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace, right? And our, we're going to, as we do that, our hearts and our minds are going to be steadfast, they're going to be steady. We're going to find the perfect peace that comes from God. I mean, that's, that's where we're at, man. We can trust him. Let me read something to you that George Mueller said. I, I think this is a great quote. He said, the beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. The opposite of that, it says, in the beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. That's good, right? <laughs> the, the beginning of anxiety, when you get anxious about something, when you start worrying about something, that's the end of it. Your faith stops. And now you are trusting in the anxiety, the worry. You're trusting in yourself. And the beginning of true faith, is actually the end of anxiety because you're not going to be worried anymore. Even though you want to worry, you're going to step through. Listen, I want you to think about the, the way that faith and, and how all of this works together, faith and anxiety, and listen to how it goes together. Here's, here's what we see. Faith brings peace. Worry brings turmoil. Amen, right? Listen, faith draws you closer to God and worry draws you away from God, right? Right? I mean, when, when you find yourself faith, you're, you're pressing in, you're saying, God, I need you so much right now. But when we worry, we find ourselves pulling away from God and trusting in ourselves. Listen, number three, faith changes things and worry changes nothing except for the bad things, right? Worry brings bad things into our life, but it doesn't ever make anything better. So, so I mean, that's what we're talking about, man. How do we do this? all the warriors in the house, all the anxious people in the place. I mean, I've given you, I've, I've built a case for trust, right? I've built a case for do not fear. But how do we actually walk out of here and actually do it? Here's what, you know, Jesus' brother James, he said this, we don't just want to be hearers of the word, but doers also, Right? We want to walk out of here and not just say, wow, man, that was good. I don't need to fear and then just go out and start fearing again, right? And getting anxious, you know, once you, you leave church. How, how do we actually walk about this? How do, how do we take this back? And how does a fearful, anxious, heart worrier live this out? Let me, let me give you a couple of things. First thing is this. I want to challenge you today to give your fear to God and don't take it back. And before you think I'm being super simple and easy here, when's the last time you gave something to God and you left it there and you didn't take it back, right? That's one of those things that sounds easy, but how many of us know that that is incredibly hard to do? Yes. And so, man, we got to give our fear to God and not take it back. And, and, you know, and that's what God wants to do in our life. Like right now in this moment, there are some people in here that you need to lay your fear down before the Lord, like, like, man, I refuse to walk out of this place anxious the way that I walked in here today. I refuse to keep walking in fear. I'm, not, I'm just gonna give it to God, and we need to do this. You know, 1 Peter 5, 7 says this. Peter says, cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you, right? It doesn't say cast all your anxiety on him for a little bit and then take it back, take it to the house with you, right? And we do, like, like, he wants, it goes back to Matthew 11, Verses 28 through 30, when Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. And what he talks about is that we are to bring all of this worry and burden and anxiety. We're to bring it to him, and he's gonna work us through this and work with us through whatever it is that we're going through. Here's what the apostle Paul says as we look at at what Paul, as he said in Philippians 4. He said, don't be anxious about anything, But in every situation, by prayer and petition, and with thanksgiving, so we're bringing our things to God in prayer. We're bringing them before him. We're thanking him. God, I thank you in advance for what you're going to do in in this and through this. We're to present our our request to God. And look what he says in verse 7. He says, in the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and will guard your mind." in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you how you do that. It's real simple. We got to call it out. Somebody look at the person next to you and say, call it out, right? You got to call it, like whatever it is that you're afraid of, you got to call it out. You got to give it to God. Listen, call, call it out loud. Call it out in prayer. Write it down in your prayer journal. Like write it down and say, man, I, Lord, I'm giving you this thing that I'm afraid of. Listen, Some of you need to write it on your bathroom mirror. Why do you write on the bathroom mirror? Because you want to see it every single morning as you're starting your day. By the way, don't use a Sharpie when you do that, okay? Unless you need to see it forever, and then just use a sharpie, right? But but write it on your mirror and write it down there to to be a a, a, a reinforcement and to help you to remember what it is, man. We got to call it out, man. Are you feeling worried? Are you anxious, man? We we got to do what the what the scripture says by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to the Lord, Lord. I, I feel this faith growing inside of me, right. Because I'm giving it to you every day. God, you're just doing a work inside of me. And, and man, with thanksgiving, man, you're like, God, I'm so grateful, Lord, that, 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 you, that you are working in me. I know that I have access to you because of the blood of Jesus. Like, it's like I'm in the very throne room of grace right now. And God, I'm just bringing my fear and I'm laying it at the nail-scarred feet of Jesus. Amen? Amen. And bring, just call it out, and, you know, just telling him, just thanking him in advance for what it is that he's gonna do. And man, I'm gonna tell you something, guys, as we bring those things that we're anxious about before the Lord, I believe with all my heart because the scripture tells us it will. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, it will guard your hearts and your minds. And let's be honest, this is where the greatest battlefield is, amen, right? He promises that he will guard your mind in Christ Jesus. Why? Because we trust him. Listen, day three, his promises are true for you. And I believe with all of my heart that, that he can, can just destroy the fear the anxiety that you're dealing with in your life day by day. And, and man, I'm just, I'm praying that as, as we close this service here this morning, that you'll deal with it. It is so easy to come to church, hear a message, sing some songs, say amen, right? And walk out the same way that you walked in. The preacher can preach the greatest message you've ever heard, inspire you to to everything that you've ever heard, and then you walk out and you don't do a thing with it. You just go back about your life. But I'm going to tell you there's power in the blood of Jesus. There's power in the presence of Jesus. There's power in the gathering of the saints. And I just believe that there is supernatural power in this place this morning that can free you from the anxiety and the fear that you walked in here with, will you give it to him? Will you trust him? Let's pray together as we close. God, Lord, in these next few moments, as we pray and close this service together, God, I'm asking that you would minister to us in a way that only you can do. Oh, God, Lord, Lord, move in this place right now. I pray for every distraction that is happening right now as people are thinking about leaving, they're thinking about lunch, they're thinking about picking up the kids from, from kids' ministry. Lord, they're, they're thinking about, the, they might be thinking about this afternoon or tonight or, or things that are coming up this week. God, right now, God, help us to focus our hearts and our minds on you that you can supernaturally do what only you can do in this place. In Jesus' name. Every head is bowed, every eye closed. We're, we're just going to pray here today. Maybe for some of you there, there's a concern, an anxiousness on your heart, your mind that's weighing you down. Remember what it says? It says anxiety weighs a man down, right? But God has given us a good word here today that we can trust Him in this moment. Today, by faith, will, will we give it to God right now? Whatever. Call it out. What is it right now that you're anxious about? What is it that you're anxious about, that you're fearful about, that you're worried about? You don't have to say it out loud. But name it. Call it out right now to the Lord.
0: And now let's pray together. Lord, we,
1: we ask you to help us to apply your word this morning. We, we want to be doers of the word. And God, I just, I just feel a supernatural move happening here today. God, I pray that, that as, as we are approach the throne, Lord, that, that by faith, Lord, that You would help us to bring truly bring our, our fears to You, our worries, our anxiety. or we lay Him at the nail-scarred feet of Jesus. We believe not only that You can... Heal us. But God, we're believing right now that you will. In Jesus' name. God, we, we rebuke the spirit of fear because that's not you. We rebuke it. We rebuke Satan and, and just all of the, the, the stupid plays that he tries to use against us. The lies, the fear, the things that keep us from approaching you and following you, God. Oh, Lord, do, do what... What only you can do right now. And, and Lord, help us not to focus on the negative what-ifs. Help us not to focus on the trees, but the space within. Help us not to focus on the scarecrow, but on the good corn here today, Lord. Help us to focus on the opportunities that you may be placing before us. Lord, help us to say with all honesty, I trust you. As we continue to pray. One of the things that a lot of times we struggle with is as we're coming to God. I, I remember as a as a person who didn't yet know Jesus but was attending church, and you know, I was trying to work out whether or not I even believed in God. You know, and and uh, and I was trying to come to God, but but I was trying to do so. And, and be in control. Like, I I didn't want to become too much. I didn't want to become too much of a Christian, right? I, I mean, I, I didn't want to go to hell, right? But so so I would pray, like, but I, it was a half-hearted prayer, and and I would pray week after week after week, and truth is, is I wanted to be in control of the matter. I, I was trying to do my thing the way I want, and I want all of us, maybe that describes somebody here today. I want every one of us to understand today that God wants us to not be in control. Only he can be in control. He's the only one that can be in control. Like you want to be in the the driver's seat and and maybe you've read that that crazy bumper sticker that says God is my co-pilot. God can't be your co-pilot. He's either pilot or he's nothing at all. God's in the driver's seat. Maybe we can sit in the passenger seat. Jesus said this. He said, if you want to find your life, you'll lose it. And we have to surrender our control to God. See, I got to tell you something that that a lot of times we have a hard time understanding. We will never be made right with God by our good works, by being good people, by doing good things. The Bible actually says that our best, Attempt at righteousness is like filthy rags to God. Like we, we don't have the power to be good enough to get to heaven. I mean, truth is, is if we could be good enough, there would have been no reason for Jesus to come. Jesus was the is the, the son of the living God. He lived a perfect life. He, he died a, a perfect death on a cross for us that shed his innocent bro- blood for the forgiveness of our sins. And the Bible says something that's beautiful. It says that anyone who calls on his name, anyone who believes that he died for them in their place, that that person would be forgiven. That all of your sins would be washed away that you would be spiritually brand new. I wonder if there's anybody in this place that you need to be made spiritually brand new. Like, has there ever been a time where where you turned from your sins, that you turned to God? Listen, you repented, which means that you turned from your old life, you turned to your new life, and there was change. Because I found in my own life, you know, over 20 years of ministry. Like true repentance always has change that accompanies it. It's not a religious experience. It's not I prayed a prayer at church one day or I got baptized. No, guys, it's, it's like for real, like you and God, and God like changes us. Like has that happened to you? Has that happened? Do you, do you know him like that? Maybe your close this service would be to say to God, say to Jesus, Jesus, I want to follow you. I don't want to keep wondering about where I'm at with God and am I this or am I... Lord, Jesus, I want to follow you, and I I just want to make it clear today. I give up control to you, Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. Be the Lord of my life. I want you to be my leader. I want you to be my Savior. I, I surrender control. It's no longer about me. It's all about you. If if you're ready to pray to receive Christ as as your Lord, as your Savior, I want to lead you to pray this prayer. Pray this after me. Nothing magic about this prayer, about the words. It's, It's just I found that when people pray something like this with an honest, sincere heart, that God does something supernatural. Let's see him move today. Pray this after me. Heavenly Father. I surrender my control to you. Jesus, forgive me of all of my sins. Make me a a brand new person. I want you to become my savior. I want you to become my leader, my Lord. Lord, I give my life to you. I, I lose my life in you so I can find it. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me so I could live for you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. Could you just ask Jesus to be the Lord and the Savior of your life? If so, would you just lift your hand and say, ask me, Pastor Mike. I just just prayed that prayer. Thank you, brother. See your hand back there. Who else? I just prayed that prayer. Jesus, I'm giving up. I I don't want to... Lord, I don't want to live my life the way I want to live it. Lord, I am following you from this day forward. Anyone else? Lord, we just thank you and praise you, God, for the supernatural work that you've done, not only through salvation, but God, I believe that you're freeing people from fear, from anxiety, from worry in this place today. We thank you for who you are. Thank you for meeting with us here. Jesus.
2: During during this invitation, if you did raise your hand, um, maybe it'd be a good time for you to step out and just come down here and make that public before this group of people because they want to pray for you. And uh, Jesus died publicly on the cross. You know, He didn't die secretly, and He wants us to follow Him publicly also and if you did pray that prayer and raise your hand a moment ago then uh, i I pray you'll come up here and make it public if you didn't and you know you should have because god's still dealing with you i'm up here at the front micah is up here at the front we'd love to talk with you more uh if you've got questions about what it means to trust christ as your savior maybe you're just the person that needs to lay fears down (laughs) you know the lord but you've been letting everything's taking place in our culture Scare you to death. Maybe you just need to lay that fear down today, as he talked about. Maybe you just need to come here and kneel and say, God, forgive me for not trusting you. Forgive me for allowing fear to drive my life and paralyze my life. And if that's where you are. We invite you to do that this morning also. Please stand.
0: Are you in need of greater peace in your life? It is possible, and it starts with being at peace with God. Just pray something like this. Lord Jesus, I realize I need you and your forgiveness. I invite you to be the boss of my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I receive you as my Savior and Lord. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we'd love to talk to you. We're here to pray with you, to love you, and offer support please contact us at day3church.com. We care about you and we want to connect with you. Until next time, this is Pastor John reminding you that God is greater than your circumstances and His mercies are new every morning. It's time to experience a new day in your life.